Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Thursday, it's 8.35, we are live, it is House of Property. That is becoming such a catchphrase now, Grifter, that even my friends, when they see me, go, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's that <laughs> exciting. Um, it is, this thing has happened in the sky called water and rain has fallen from mm. the earth, from the sky to the earth. Um, it's been a crazy old week. How are you, my darling? Yeah, really good, really good. Little bit on tender hooks today, little bit on the edge. It is the 18th of August and today is A-level results day. So please, obviously I can multitask, uh, um, but please bear with me because I have to keep refreshing my email. I'm having constant texts from my son going, have you got an email yet? So um, it might. it's very exciting. It's very, very exciting. It's kind of like the start of a lot of young kids' lives today, mm -hmm. I think, with A-levels. Now, I know not everyone does A-levels. Um, I know some people obviously come out of school. It's My thing is, as long as you are happy, it doesn't matter whether you've been to university uh, or you've just got GCSEs. But the thing is, next week is GCSE results, isn't it? Yes. When, when, we, when, have you, when were you last asked what GCSE results you had? Oh, never. Can't remember at all. Never at all. So let's just play this through a little bit because I'm just to have a bit of fun and I'm intrigued. You're live at the moment on Facebook and um, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever else you may be live at the moment on House of Property. Those results come through. What are you going to do? Because Oscar's desperate to know. Are you just going to sign off the show or are you going to carry on until nine o'clock? What is the, uh, what do you get? You got that email? Is that the email? No, that was from my friend saying oh. what, what her daughter got. It's all good. It's all good. Excellent. I might have a little cry. I might get a bit emotional. So yeah. are we going to declare Oscar's results before he knows? No, I think that's really office. unfair. You can't do that. You can't do. do that at all. You can't no, do that. Can't. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back then about that question I asked about GCSEs. Because when you are 15 and 16, GCSEs, your parents are going, get your GCSE results. Actually, it's the stepping stone to everything else. But at the time, you don't realise it. But... Does it really matter now? And the answer is no, but sometimes it's that catalyst. I hope Luke, my middle son's not listening to this. He'll be fast asleep in bed still, but it's the catalyst to everything else, isn't it? That is your kind of gate swinging open to the rest of your life, isn't it really? But the key is the gate swinging open. I put a post on LinkedIn or somewhere this week, uh, last week. Um, the Home Staging Association um Quarterly magazine came out and they very kindly featured an article that I'd written, even though I was on the front cover. Uh, did I tell you that? Uh, you'll find it. You'll I mention that? A little bit, drop that in. Um, and I put it on there, not bad for the lad who got a grade D at GCSE and then retook to grade C. Um, and my English teacher would hopefully be watching somewhere, wherever he may be. Um, and um, so it is a gateway that opens things. It shouldn't be the th thought that it stops you from doing anything. But that it's takes like, on to the next stage, doesn't it? I mean, are, do, should we be going to university? Should you be having time out? It's a scary time for people. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, these guys have lived through COVID. So it's a different time. But listening to Nicola Bruman, do you know her, the recruitment lady? Yeah. She's awesome. Tall lady, fabulous, wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, talking her doing a presentation recently, um, talking about how we should be employing youngsters that have gone through COVID because actually they're resilient. They're used to adapting. They're used to things not going well. When we were in our, I was in my thirties, you in your fifties when COVID hit and oh, it kind of, it kind of um, shook us all a little bit, didn't it? As we all had to re readjust where well, these guys have lived through this uncertainty, puts them in a strong position to go forward in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Resilient little devils. 
little bit of uh, chat back. Obviously, they know everything and we know nothing, but there we go. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, talk to me. Um, we are on the 18th of August, which yeah. means that the 1st of September is just around the corner. Yeah, you um, love this time. You love, I love this. Time. This is my favorite time of the year. This is my absolute favorite time of the year. The first of September is when you can make a massive difference um, to your business and to your lives because it's a great deadline. Everybody works for the first of January, don't they? And the first of January has this great big expectation. You're always hung over, and then you, you try and make a difference in life. Um, but the first of September is the halfway point in the year in the in the financial year. If your yeah. financial year works for the longer the tax year. Excuse me. So it's a great time to be able to make an impact for the last six months of the financial year and review what you've been doing so far. So the first September is just around the corner. And one of the new features of the show is asking each other the challenging question of the week. So I'm going to go in there early um, with the challenging question of the week. And I want okay. to know, Grifter, first mm -hmm. with the mindset and in the frame that um, the first September is just around the corner, what is the greatest change? you are going to do in your business what's the one thing you're definitely going to change in your business while you're thinking about that i'm going to i'm just going to put a bit of picture behind it the reason i'm asking you this question is i was conducting earlier on in the week one of our hop mentoring sessions with um the, a, a man and a woman they're not personal partners but they're business partners and we were sitting down talking about if we were going to do um the same in the second six months of the year we've done the first six months of the year what impact would that have on our business and what needs to change as the market, this beast, this living beast, this living entity that is the housing market changes in front of our eyes? <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm well, asking we, the same question. What are you going to do that's different? We know we can't do the same things because we have got a very different market that some of us are coming into or we are most of us experiencing, okay? Mm -hmm. So my one thing that I would do is nurture my clients and nurture my contacts, I my um, potential clients, um, absolutely be all over them. So I think that, again, I would be there making sure that we were in contact all the time because agents are starting, oh, sorry, clients are starting to switch agents. So nurturing, being all over your client, being totally telling them what's happening in the market is changing, having the sensible, difficult conversations that we've talked about on the show before, mm -hmm. but also about nurturing those clients that I'd only just had an, a touch point. Some of those appraisals, a landlord that hasn't yet put his property on the market, that sort of thing. So very much about nurturing, hand-holding. Um, that, that's what I would do. Better and absolutely knock the hell out of it. Okay, that's good. I like that. Private, let's go a little bit deeper, because that was a very nice headline answer. And I know that your competitors watch this, so we have to be slightly careful. Um, so pick one of those client sectors that is your biggest okay. priority, which is your, is it your past market appraisal? There's one, those guys that you've touched once and girls that you've touched once and that you need to get back to? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is it? Um, I'm making myself giggle now. Or is it the? Um, is it your buyers? Is it your sellers? Who? Who is it? Well, I'm. I'm going to say no. It's not my buyers because I'm of the opinion that if you have the stock, the buyers will find you, even if it's a tough market. But you've got to have that stock to be able to get out there. Okay. okay. Um, so I would turn around and say it is my. I don't want to lose any of my existing clients. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be that agent that that you the 
that is always kind of in first, but the second agent sells it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't want to, I wouldn't want to lose any of my stock. Um, and, but it's keeping in touch with those that are potentially going to sell. I would have said potentially going to sell, potentially going to let, because that's where the income is going to come from. Yeah. Is that a bit, is that a bit deep? No, 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 that, that's good. That's good. Um, Cause I think you can go to the next stage for my biggest fear with the housing market over the next six months. And, and I don't really care what prices are doing. And the yeah. transactions are something that we can't control either. Um, so there's lots of things that we, can, we can't we can control when we're dealing with the housing market. You know, we can't yeah. solve all the problems. Um, but lethar- the market becoming lethargical, people having that sort of just sitting on their hands mentality is the one thing that can really undo us. Yeah. And part of that, I think, and one of the things that we've probably forgotten as an industry, certainly over the last two years, is stagnant stock. Stock yeah. that's on the market now, that's probably been on the market 8, 10, 12, 16 weeks mm-hmm. and um, and not sold. Maybe we've been a little bit punchy on the price. Maybe it came to the market back end of the spring and we're all scrapping for stock and it was a little bit punchy on price and it's not sold and what's actually happening at that moment in time this comes back to the last couple of episodes that we've had where we've talked about challenging conversations and vendor care but um let's put ourselves in the shoes of that vendor at the moment they're sitting there behind the market we're up to date with the market we're at the coal face of the market we know what's going on we know that it's starting to cool off the, the zing has gone out what do you say the sizzle yeah. has gone out of the sausage sizzle yeah the sizzle so but they're not they're thinking hang on a minute my mate back in the spring sold within with multiple viewings and multiple offers and they went to this thing called best and final offers my agent just isn't bothered now they've lost interest well we're not lost interest because most of us don't get paid until we get a bloody fee uh, exchange of contracts of course we're not lost bloody interest but they think we've lost interest you swore swore. okay i'm sorry potty mouth i take it back um so where are they in the market how do, are they sat at the very top of the market? Are they sat there? And actually, other agents, other vendors are using that as the benchmark to undercut yeah. to make sure that they're going to sell before that client. How motivated is that vendor? Have they seen something? Have they under, What is the main purpose of them being on the market? And the challenging conversation for me is making sure that we have that conversation to make an alteration in the guide price, to make the property more appealing in the marketplace. That's so not you reducing your pricing. So you're saying, where are they in the queue, in the property queue? In the queue, yes, in the queue. Yeah. If, if there's a list of vendors there, sellers mm. there, are they at the front of the queue? Are they the first house that's going to sell? Or are there two or three others that are going to sell before? And we're going to have to wait for those to sell. Okay. I'm going to have to tell you, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, or whatever the equivalent is, that they have got to sell before your property come, before your property is going to sell. You're third in line. Are you happy with that? Where is your motivation? Okay, so having the difficult conversations because the market has changed. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's all about it's pricing and presentation, isn't it? Yeah. So the first thing to do, and we all know, if a property hasn't sold in the market, is because it's too expensive. So, do we say price reduction? Do we say price realignment? What's the wording that you would use? I would never, ever, ever um, use the word reduction in a pricing conversation because it looks like I mean, it depends how hard hitting you want to be some of those vendors are cloth ears aren't they they don't want to hear what you've got to say and you've yeah. got to turn around and say i have to tell you mr and mrs vendor that your property is failing in the marketplace others are succeeding and selling your property is failing it's my job 
to assist you to get to a point where you're also winning in this marketplace, not failing in this market. That's a very strong way of looking at it. Some people won't do that. It could be, it would be the wrong way of approaching it. But most people, it would be, um, most sellers would be, we've seen, we've tested the market. The market is, we now, um, like water, the market will find its level. We've got the evidence at our fingertips now to see what buyers are doing and reacting to your property how they are reacting to your property. And at the moment, they're not reacting at this price range. So we're going to have to alter the guide price to be able to stimulate your property in the marketplace. So alter your guide price. And then I would always go via percentage. And not this 2%, just because that means you can get new price on right move or whatever. You want to make a material difference to the guide price to stimulate activity in the marketplace. And if you could turn around and explain that to your vendor, I have to put three figures on there. We can continue at this price, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, and we know we're not getting the activity we want. And then I put my 7% reduction in, in guide price and say, now, if we're at this price, we know for sure that, that, property is get, that your property will sell. If we reduce the guide price by 7%, we can. We know it's definitely going to sell. You're going to feel more comfortable with about four percent. So let's put the four percent in there. Now go away overnight and think about it. Where do you want to be? Do you want to carry on as you are doing, or do you want to get to that definite price? Or are you happy at that? Let's continue. Let's try and realign ourselves with the market. And I promise you, as sure as eggs are eggs, you give them a chance to think about it overnight. That three o'clock mind worming thing. That seven. More often than not, that seven percent comes back to you. Right, we thought about it, Martin. We were last night thinking that we're going to come down to that middle ground and chase the market, but actually we want to be the next one to sell. And so we're yeah. going to go in at 7% beneath the guide price. Boom, job done. See, not lost it yet, Grifter. <laughs> I didn't no say one's that. commented though. So <laughs> most people, I was expecting someone to say, don't talk baloney bore me. Don't worry, don't worry. So I read something this week, okay, about um, a pop star. Okay, so Madonna. So Ariana Grande. No, Madonna. So she has turned... Like a virgin. Yes. She's turned 64 this week, okay? So she revolutionised the music industry in the 1980s by going solo and becoming a sensation in a male-dominated music scene. Now, we're not going to get hung up on this male-female thing. It's just... Anyway, within 10 years, she was able to achieve 21 top 10 hits in the US and sell over 70 million albums internationally. Now, that... Deserves a big old clap. So, uh, Irishina um, on social media has put amazing marketing guru has come back and said, "Let's look at the, what lessons we can learn." And you and I spotted this, didn't we, on LinkedIn, mm. and just said, "Actually, do you know what? This would be fantastic to bring it across for the real estate industry and estate and letting agents." So, first thing that she did was think big, and set smart goals, and do what you say you're going to do. And that is us all over, Ooh, isn't it? That yeah. is what we should be doing. So I love that first first kind of uh, uh, lesson learned. Second, okay, create your community, which helps create loyalty. And that, That's again... That's massive. Is- you talk about this a lot in terms of, of infiltrating a community of potential business that you've never even met yet and yeah, nurturing totally. that. And that goes back to your conversation earlier about who you're going to be keeping in touch with, those people you've had one touch point with and you want to keep going with. And then her next one is communicate openly and be transparent, which helps build trust. And if there was ever a line that was written to reflect a state agency, that or how I believe a state agency, how we believe, how House of Property believes a state agency should be delivered, that is that line. So I'm just going to say that again. Communicate openly. 
be transparent and help build trust. Okay? Oh, I love that. And now this is all for, this is all taking what Madonna did by absolutely smashing through her glass ceiling. Innovate and evolve into something new and different. Now we could use that from 1st of September to the end of the year going, what are we going to do differently as estate agents? Next one, be bold and fearless. Step out of your comfort zone. Again, a brilliant lesson because if you've always done what you've always if you always Did. do what you've always done, or yeah, what is it? How's it go? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. There you go. So bold and fearless, step out of your comfort zone. Mm. It doesn't matter if you make mistakes, okay? You just need to learn from them. And the last one was have fun, enjoy what you do, and do it with vibrancy and energy. And again, uh, brilliant these are. I'm going to post this down. I'm going to copy this link in our comments section when we finish our podcast because I just thought this was re really great that you could use these lessons, you know, from Madonna um, and, and relate them into estate agencies. So I just, I loved that. I just thought, gosh, yeah, I think that's, that's brilliant. I loved it. Good. She's, um, she's a fabulous lady, actually, isn't she? I mean, not only is she a great singer, she's very attractive. What is your um, favourite Madonna song of all time? Oh, God. Now I'm trying to think what they are now. And as usual, when someone asks you a question on the spot, your mind goes blank. Um, can you just remind me some of her songs, please? Uh, Material just... Girl. Yeah, I like that. I like Material you Girl. Know, do you know what? I really liked her in Evita. Evita. Yes, yeah, she was very good. Yes. I, Don't cry for me, Argentina. That... See, now that's one of my favourite songs of all time. And I thought she Beautiful absolutely song. nailed it. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Talking about ladies... Um, and you're a girl from the country. How do you get a girl from the country's attention? I don't know. <laughs> Attract her. <laughs> That's actually quite good. I liked that one. I thought that was a good one. I thought that that was is a good, good dad joke. And particularly, obviously, because I am a rural agent. I like that Precisely. Very much Your hunters yeah, and all like that. that. I like that. Fair facts so the, and favour. The title of the show this week was meant to be, as we will say, Awkward Moments and Valuation Bloomers. And I think this is a great oh time um, to come on to kind of awkward moments and valuation bloomers that have happened. So do you want to kind of kick off or do you want me to? No, I'll kick off. I'll kick off. Um, so two ladies I've worked with for a long time um, in various different um, businesses, Julie Moore and Lisa Smith, we'll tag them into this, um, will... Um, not let me get away with this section of the show without talking about the fact that um, I once went into a property where a lady was breastfeeding her baby, but I wasn't really paying attention to that and did what you always did pre-COVID, which is go in and shake your hand, don't you? So I'm walking up, talking to her husband. This lady sat there in the conservatory. I went, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Martin from... Oh, no, you're breastfeeding your child. Um, and um, But continued and shook her hand. She was very magnanimous about it, but it was sort of like it's just the things that you don't want to do as an estate agent, which would have been fine if this had only happened once. But it happened... <laughs> <laughs> it happened the second time about 18 months later. So, um, yeah, never great. Never, ever great. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, I, I had a similar one, and it was to do with, with babies. And uh, I was pregnant at the time, and I was going out on evaluation, and the, the lady 
sat sat opposite me we were chatting and she was saying oh yeah um you know what are you doing this week I go building rapport and I was going oh I'm getting ready I've got a friend who's um uh got their 40th birthday they're coming to stay with me and um I'm cooking a really nice meal and she went oh my god pointing at my stomach let me tell you she said I've got a happy event happening too and I went oh congratulations when's your baby due and she went no I'm going to be 40 next week <laughs> and you know when you go right there's two things I could do here I can apologize or I can just go do you know what I know I'm not going to win this listing <laughs> just go <laughs> It was a bit like awkward moment, but it's very difficult. And we've all had we've all had these situations where you've called someone by the wrong name, and it's in, you know embarrassing. Or I've had a, a colleague who went to value a property um, and said, "Oh, hello, did I? Oh, is this your son?" And she went, "No, it's my husband." Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. And then there's a, a, a fellow um, brilliant estate agent that, that we know, and I was having this conversation with him some month, months back, and he was saying his worst time was back in the day when you used to pick people up in your car and drive them to a viewing if it was sort of a little way away. Um, and he picked up these two ladies and they were in the back of the car and Ian was driving along and it was about 20 minutes to get to this property. And he said the ladies were very quiet. They were chatting away to begin with and then very quiet. And he said, then we got there, got out. And the one lady said, I think my friend just died. And Ian was like, Oh my God. And it's one of those things that you do, you can never train for this. You And, and it's kind of like, what do I do in that circumstances? He was an absolute gentleman. He was brilliant, sorted it all out. But it was just one of those kind of moments where you just go, you couldn't write this. And I think that that's, that's, our, that's our estate agency and letting agency lives, isn't it? Is that you couldn't write what happens to us on a day-to-day -day basis. And you and I have talked, haven't we, before about we're going to write a book about this because no one would really believe what happens, yeah. But um, that's was, the beauty of it, isn't it? Isn't that the beauty of agency is the fact that no two houses, no two properties, no two reasons or circumstances for somebody moving are the same. So yeah. every single day is different. It may, it might be plate spinning. It might be stressful. It might be underpaid, but it's bloody brilliant, isn't it? Well, it is. It has its good, uh, good days and its bad days, isn't it? I'm still trying <laughs> to multitask here. I've had no email come in from the, the school, just to let you know, everyone, giving you the update on the A-levels. Just so he, did, you know. he did take his A-levels, right? Yeah, oh, don't. Stop it. Stop it. He's been messaging me constantly throughout the show. I've had texts from other people going, we've got our results. He's going, where's mine? <laughs> oh, sorry, Oscar, I'm not sorting it. I'm sorting it. So... Um, one of the things that I've seen, and I know that all our listeners see this, the posts that we share out on our Facebook pages about very British problems, but there's been some it. this week that have absolutely made us worse ourselves. And this is two-word horror stories, okay? So I'm going to kick off with it. So two-word horror, horror stories that I, I think. First is lunch meeting, okay? Second I one love a lunch meeting. Second one for me is quick word, because you just, nothing ever happens good from a quick word. And the next one, team building, run to the hills with your hands up in horror. Um, and the last one is no biscuits. Mm, no biscuits. I love, I love to, I, I haven't got this in front of me now. You need me to get this in front of me, don't you? Like I'm a prepared boy scout. Um, I love a bit of team building. Maybe role play could be in there. Is that two words yeah. or one word? Role play. Um, two words. What is it? Um, I tell you what, you're just talking about that um, quick word. 
easiest way to do that is always Richard Branson did a water cooler meeting. So you would always say, yeah, yeah, of course you have a quick word. I need to get some water. By the time they walked to the water cooler and back, that meeting had gone. I used to work in an office where I knew that you could walk around the block and it was two and a half minutes. So I used to say, yeah, yeah, I could do a stretching me. Like, let's walk around the block. By the time I got back to the office, that conversation was finished. Um, so great British <laughs> problems. Very good. Um, microwave tea. That's rubbish, isn't it? Um, ta tax return. Yes. No, there is a there is Trudy. She used to be one of those people who used to have that um used to have that walk with me. Um Martin sing along. Oh, I sing love along. I love sing along. I love sing along. Um one in here which I think is quite good, and I'd love to get onto this conversation, but we haven't got enough time. Leadership race. Uh, Leadership that doesn't race. even get doesn't even get us started about our uncharted government, our uncharted um, country at the moment, kind of just bobbing about in the water. Conference call? <laughs> conference call. Conference call is okay, I think, isn't it? Zoom call. Teams meeting. Teams meeting. Morning meeting sometimes puts the fear of God in some people. Yeah. I love true. a morning meeting. Well, it sets you up for the day, doesn't it? It sets you up for the day, I think. I think it's the most important part of the day. I could, we ought to do a whole thing on team on morning meetings, on what should be included in morning meetings. That could be a topic maybe for next week. We could do a whole thing yeah. on morning meetings. I love morning meetings. Ooh. Right, I've got a book review this week. I have got The Art of Simple Living by Sam Lacey. And actually, I think that it... it brings together all the things that we value and hold dear on this show about having time, um, the, the, the live-work balance. It talks about practical steps to slowing down. We can't all do that. Um, finding peace and enjoying a wholesome life. Now, most of the time, I would put my fingers in my mouth and make a vomiting um, side of that. Um, <laughs> however, I did plough on through um, and have a little look through. And some of the words that they've got here, I thought, oh, do you know what? That's actually really, really good. You could use that in some of your marketing. But one of the things they do say is... Comparing your home to other people's will not bring you joy. And that was the first start of the of the book. And I thought, do you know what? That's absolutely true. Because you go to someone's house, whether it's your friend's house or whether you're selling um, a property, and you go, oh, my God, this is amazing. I could live here. And then you go back to your home and it's full of crap on the side. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's fed the cat, the bin's overflowing, all that sort of, well, it is in my house. Um, you know, no one's emptied the dishwasher because they think there's a magic fairy that does it. And it was just really good that... It basically saying there's you look at images of perfect homes on Instagram, but you actually the issue might not be the fact that you've got a lack of light or space. It's that you've just got to look at these things in a different way. And I really, really liked that. And the other thing it said was about oh, and I just put a little thing here socializing and making yourself happy and we've talked about things that make us happy before, but they basically on here saying visit the pub during happy hour. OK, yeah. they then say, or go alcohol free for the evening. Um, and it basically said, eat at home and go out for dessert. Because usually you go out, don't you go, oh, no, no, we'll have a dessert at home. So just like switch it up a bit. I quite like that. Go on a night hike or a night walk. Yeah. Take a picnic to the beach, although it's currently been too hot and now it's washed away. Um, go, <laughs> go to the fun fair or an arcade. I love going to the arcades. It takes me back to my childhood. It's just, you know. Um, and then the other one is that go camping, set up and take part in a scavenger hunt. And I thought, you know what? I like that because you could use that in your marketing. You could do, if you're going to own your community, uh, you could do a, t a town scavenger hunt. There's lots of things you can do. Yes. So this book is, has got some really great little ideas that I don't think it even set out 
Just so what's it, what's it called and who wrote it, please? This is called The Art of Simple Living, okay? Um, and it basically saying help on how to declutter your home, practice mindfulness, make your mealtimes more fun, um, and towards a simpler life to make you happy and laugh. And, and oh, actually, it's a tiny that. little book, and I it, it was great. I really loved it. So we'll shout that out in the show. So I think that just about brings us to an end. So just to recap what we've been talking about, we've been talking about awkward moments, haven't we? We've been talking about valuation bloopers, most of them that you and I seem to, to make, Martin. We talked Other about people nurturing. must have done them. Please share them. They must have done them. We've talked about nurturing your leads and, and the 1st of September and how that is time to kickstart the rest of the year. Um, but what you have done in the first half of this year isn't necessarily going to win through and, and work in the second half. So maybe challenge your mindset a little bit. Look at things in a little bit of a different way. Think outside the box. Um, we've talked about two-word horror stories just as a little bit of fun. And I think that we've had a book review and the best joke of the season so far. So we'll be back next week for episode 27, where we'll be more fun and frolics japes and jokes um in the meantime have a great week remember it's not a price reduction have a difficult conversation and team building is fun take care